Welcome to the Great Awakening Podcast, deconstructing wokeness one concept at a time. I'm your host, Josh Dawes. Last week on the show, we discussed the four core beliefs of modern critical theory. Just as a quick review, the first one is that society can be divided into oppressors and oppressed groups. The second is that dominant groups always oppress subdominant groups by imposing their norms, values, and ideas on society to justify their own interests. Number three, lived experience is an unquestionable source of knowledge, truth, and moral authority. And number four, social justice must be achieved by dismantling systems of oppression through political and social activism. Today on the show, we're going to be looking at what critical theory gets right, what critical theory gets wrong, and how the gospel provides a better alternative. Okay, so what does critical theory get right? Well, first of all, oppression is sinful. Critical theory gets that right. The Bible tells us over and over to help the oppressed. Isaiah 1.17 says, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. In Zechariah 7.10, it says, do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the sojourner, or the poor, and let none of you devise evil against another in your heart. Additionally, institutional and cultural power can be used to oppress groups of people. Critical theory gets that right. We see that throughout history with chattel slavery, Jim Crow, and even abortion in our own time. Another thing that critical theory gets right is that we can be blind to the way dominant culture influences what we think and what we value. That's really why so many of these ideas from critical theory are being adopted and we're seeing them show up in our churches because the dominant culture is flooded with these ideas right now. And so that's why they're showing up in our church. And we need to be mindful of how the world and the culture around us is influencing how we think. Even the way we think about race is a social construct. Critical theory gets that right. Biblically, there are only two races. The race of Adam, the earthly race, we all come from Adam and Eve, and God's chosen people, a heavenly race that God has called to himself. Critical theory stumbles upon some truth from time to time. The problem is that you don't need critical theory to discover these truths. These truths are all there in scripture for us to see very plainly. It's not like we need these analytical tools to expose this and we're just now learning these things. No, the Bible is very clear on all of these things. And the problem with embracing critical theory is that it gets so much wrong. To start with, critical theory offers a different view of humanity than Christianity. Critical theory claims that our identity as human beings is rooted in things like race, gender, and sexuality, features that differ from person to person. While critical theory pits some groups of people against other groups based on their status as oppressors or oppressed, the Bible says that we are all created equal before God. We are all equally valuable, equally guilty of sin, equally deserving of God's wrath, and equally able to find grace and mercy in Jesus. Another thing that critical theory gets wrong is that it offers a different view of truth than Christianity. Critical theory argues that the lived experience of oppressed groups gives them unique insights into truth that should not be challenged. Now, while everyone deserves to be heard, no one should be above critique because we're all capable of being wrong. 
every parent understands that it's very possible to feel oppressed without actually being oppressed. Our experiences are important, but they are not all that's important. In a broken world, experience leads us away from truth as often as it leads us to it. What critical theory calls oppression, the Bible might call wisdom. Our experiences should be understood, but one reason life is best lived in community is that we're all capable of misunderstanding our experiences. Parents, friends, counselors, teachers, and pastors can share perspectives that may not be obvious to us. Another thing critical theory gets wrong is that critical theory offers a different view of sin than Christianity. Christianity understands sin as any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, or nature. This would include unjust oppression, but critical theory identifies sin as only oppression. As a result, advocates of critical theory would see biblical practices such as discipleship, correction, leadership, reproof, and teaching as sinful assertions of power if the speaker is among the oppressors. On the other hand, critical theory would excuse sins like unforgiveness, jealousy, anger, hatred, bitterness, and envy among the oppressed. The Bible teaches we are all guilty before God, regardless of social status, race, or economic situation. The Bible condemns oppression as one of, but certainly not the only way in which humans rebel against God. Another thing critical theory gets wrong is that critical theory offers a different view of salvation than Christianity. According to the Bible, because we are all equally guilty of sin, salvation can only be found in Jesus through repentance. Our hope is found in being forgiven of sin. But because critical theory gets the problem wrong, it also gets the solution wrong. According to critical theory, salvation for the oppressed is found not through repentance, but in social liberation here and now. Salvation for oppressors is found in a daily commitment to do the work of liberation by divesting of their privilege. For both groups, their hope is only through social and political activism. The core problem with critical theory is that it functions as a worldview. A worldview is a story that answers our basic questions about life and reality. It answers the big questions of life. A worldview is a lens through which we view and interpret all of life, and critical theory operates that way. It answers questions like, who are we? What is our fundamental problem as human beings? What is the solution to our problem? What is our primary moral duty? And what is our purpose in life? Christianity answers those questions very differently. Christianity would say to the question, who are we? It would say we're God's creatures. Whereas critical theory would say we are members of various identity groups. To the question, what is our problem? Christianity would say it's sin. Whereas critical theory would say that it is oppression. What is the solution? Christianity would say Jesus. Critical theory would say liberation. What is our duty? Christianity says it's to love God and others. Critical theory would say that our duty is to liberate the oppressed. To the question of what is our purpose? Christianity tells us that it is to glorify God. And critical theory would say it is working for liberation. Critical theory and Christianity answer our most fundamental questions about reality in very different ways. A Christian who embraces critical theory will constantly be forced to choose between them in terms of values, priorities, and ethics. As we absorb the assumptions of critical theory, we will find they inevitably erode core biblical truths. 
a lot of well-meaning Christians are looking at the problems in our world. They're looking at injustice. They're looking at the division that is in the world and is sadly in a lot of our churches. And they're reaching for these ideas that they're adopting from culture to try and solve these problems. And as I hope you can see by now that critical theory does not offer the tools to bring true reconciliation. That doesn't mean that we just throw our hands up and give up and live with the division. No, this is where we turn to scripture and we see that the gospel offers a better solution. Jesus tells a parable of a servant who is forgiven an astronomical amount and then goes out and begins demanding repayment of the debts that are owed to him. And critical theory can turn us into that servant who is forgiven so much by making us demand forgiveness for all of the various grievances we have against others. But if we look at scripture, we can see that that's not what Jesus calls us to. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So any reconciliation work that is not rooted in that primary reconciliation between God and fallen people is going to miss the mark. Jesus did not count our trespasses against us. He let go of his grievances against us. He bore them on his back on the cross, giving us a model of how we are to relate with each other. In Colossians, Paul writes, Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. That's completely counter to critical theory. Forgiveness does not exist within the critical theory worldview. It goes on, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. In Galatians, Paul expounds on this further. He says, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is completely counter to what we see in critical theory that wants to divide us up into various identity groups of oppressors and oppressed. Christ is calling us as the church to live in unity, that we're all one in Christ, that the things that formerly defined us are now, it's not saying they're aren't male and female. Obviously, there are. It's not a racing distinction, but it's de-emphasizing how important those things are in determining our relationships to each other. In Ephesians, Paul writes, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and is broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, 
so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. He goes on to say, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father. So then you who are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Critical theory attempts to rebuild the dividing wall that Christ broke down. Jesus Christ is the end of those grievances. When you enter into the household of God, both the grievances you've perpetrated and the grievances you've suffered have been nailed to the cross so that there can be genuine unity. We're no longer oppressors and oppressed. We're no longer white and black, men and women, rich or poor. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's what the world needs to see on display. It doesn't see, need to see the church you know, following the same playbook that critical theory that has so divided the nation right now and the, the world into these different groups that hate each other with escalating hostility. No, the world needs to see a church that is different, that has that dividing wall of hostility torn down and the cross of Jesus Christ in its place bringing former enemies together as brothers and sisters in Christ. So let's go forth and do that, church. Let's reject this ideology of critical theory and embrace the gospel as a model for how we show the world that Jesus is better. Thank you so much for listening. I think this concludes our three-part series on critical theory. Of course, big thanks to Neil Shinby, who does such a wonderful job of explaining this stuff and bringing a lot of these concepts to light in the church. Please check out his work. There's links in the show notes where you can find him and some other resources to further explore this topic. Thank you so much for everyone sharing the podcast on social media. I've seen quite a few posts lately, and it's really cool to see. The content seems to be helpful. The best place to find me is Twitter. That's at Josh Dawes. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, fight the good fight.